Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the stream scene after a little little break for travels. It's good to have you guys. I'm joined here by my co-host, Hunter Wild. How's it going, Hunter? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is going uh, acceptably well. I'm incredibly amped after coming back from St. Jude, and I am particularly excited about today's show. I get to say that a lot, and I feel like that's a tremendous, it gets me, it gets me really excited. Uh, today we are joined by uh, two fantastic and incredibly skilled, uh, well-lauded individuals, uh, Joel and, and Galen. Joel, introduce yourself here for us today. My name is Joel, and Hunter flatters me, but um, I'm going to think of incredibly lauded as just lots of school debt. Um, so <laughs> I'm an attorney. Um, and that's why I have a lot of school debt. I, I My practice is largely business law and tax law, but I do a lot of focus here on with helping content creators take care of their business needs. So um, Galen and I are also the co-hosts of another show here on Streamer Square called Your Brand, Your Business. And that's where I talk about legal and business stuff and Galen talks about business and finance stuff. Um, so I'll let Galen introduce himself and, and what he does. Hey there, I'm Galen Herbst at Cortina. I'm a financial planner and I work with streamers. Um, so my job is basically to help them figure out what the heck to do with the money that they're making and how to make sure that they're doing sort of doing the right things that they need to be doing in their business. Because as someone who's a fan of Twitch and has been on Twitch for quite a while, I remember hearing a bunch of times about how everyone sort of stumbled into being a business owner. They all started out as big time fans and they were like, Oh wow, I'm making some money. And you know, not like, Oh wow, I'm making millions a year, but just something. And so I figured out, Hey, maybe I could take what I already love doing and that to streamers help them figure that all out so that's what i, I mean, do i guess in some disclosure too both of you work with both of us right yeah yeah yes yeah <laughs> uh that's disclosures are important also um that's just me doing my you know naturally uptight lawyer stuff um <laughs> although we we are professionals like gail and i are licensed professionals we're not your licensed professionals so until we sign an engagement letter um any advice that we give is just general advice. It's not specific legal advice or specific business advice. Um, these are all for educational purposes. And also I'm sick at the moment and lathered in big maple rub. So you probably wouldn't want to take any advice from me. So right you now can anyway. smell him from there. <laughs> We're going to introduce smell vision here. As yeah. Square, so yeah. I'm working on that. Oh, oh man. So you guys, like you guys mentioned, you guys run a show here on Streamer Square called Your Brand, Your Business, the focus on focuses on the business aspect of streaming. And you guys have talked a bit about work-life balance in the past. Um, you know, what what kind of things have you guys touched on? And, you know, what are, what, what are some things that you guys want to cover in today's show with, you know, two people that stream full-time and also take on a ton of other projects? Hi. <laughs> two people who, yeah, who burn the, the wick from both yeah. ends. So today we have probably a good case study on people who have the worst <laughs> work-life balance on Twitch. Um, but uh, specifically on your brand, your business, the thing that we were talking about, we, we just finished a tax theme um, because it was tax month. We're getting back into our business hygiene theme now. And when we talked about business hygiene, it's a term that Galen introduced to me, which I am very grateful for because I think it's a, I think it's wonderful in that it, it talks a lot about a lot of, talks about a lot of things naturally right so when you have to practice good hygiene for yourself that's like you know bathing make sure you smell nice make sure you have a haircut so you look presentable and also so you're go see the doctor get your physical so everything's in good shape business hygiene is exactly the same thing 
we talked about business hygiene practices before of organization, of uh, developing relationships, of uh, developing your own business philosophy. So then today we wanted to talk about a business hygiene practice of work-life balance. Um, this is a, a topic that's very near and dear to my heart and, and I know for everybody else here on the show, especially because um, our show, Your Brain, Your Business, was kind of born out of a panel that we did at TwitchCon this previous year with Galen and Hunter was actually a guest on that panel also. And he was there speaking specifically about the personal aspects and issues that you have when as a content creator, you decide to go full time. So uh, when we were talking about a business hygiene, a business habit of work-life balance, we talked about it as a, a habit because it's required that you need to do something like between what, 21 days or, or 200 something days of it doing consistently for it to actually become a habit. So it becomes something that you do regularly and just kind of naturally. Um, and again, I could talk more about that also, but that's why we wanted to talk about the practice of work-life balance, not just the, um, you know, the idea of it. And it's something that Gail and I also deal with while we're not streamers necessarily, or we are familiar with work-life balance also because as self-employed individuals and really all content creators are self-employed individuals, there is a lot that goes into it. So, um, I mean, I made fun of Hunter and local being case studies, but really <laughs> um, it applies to all of us because I know Gail and I really yeah. have a bad time of, of mm -hmm. kind of turning well, it's true. The, there's a, uh, there's something that I, that, one of my philosophy professors talked about a lot, which was uh, habits to habitats. The habitat that you uh, find yourself involved in and, and, if, and affect yourself dramatically comes back, pushes back, and, and affects your habits for your engagement in that, in that locality. For broadcasters and for the self-employed, I think that continues to be true in a kind of a unique way because you don't go to another place where somebody else is keeping it up. You don't go to another place where there are people who are, are paid to kind of structure it to there. There's no like engineering for it. Like you are responsible for all that work yourself, just in terms of the environment that you put yourself in. And we tend to work way over, we overwork. We, we work way because we see all the responsibility for ourselves producing the benefit that we're going to see in the future. And we want to drive really hard for that. So we end up, as you were saying, the hours that you put in build develops the habit. Uh, we not only have that, that locality habitat to habit relationship, but we tend to overwork to the point that the other things fall away and our primary habits are the work. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and that's the nature and that's kind of like what I wanted to start with. So that, that's good that you brought that up because it's like, why is work-life balance so hard, especially for content creators? And it's because it's like, you always have to be connected, right? Like as a content creator, it, you're your own boss, you know, you grow by growing your, your social media. So not only, you know, Twitch itself is a grind, but you also have you know, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and you have to use all of these tools and be constantly connected with your audience 24 seven, or at least it feels that way. Discord's to built to give you that on purpose. Absolutely. Right? Like the whole point of Discord is to give even that extra bit of connection afterwards for your community as a whole. Yes, but also you, right? You're you're that name in the different color right at the top of the list. So that even is that little like bit extra of engagement that you are supposed to have. And, you know, obviously you can have like a, a mod team that helps out a lot with that. But still, it's your brand, right? Yeah. You are the business. <laughs> 
Caleb makes fun of me for saying this, but one of the phrases we like to repeat on your brand, your business is you are the goods, right? And I'm not meaning that you're like out there hawking yourself to the different people, but right. really you are. Kind of <laughs> Sell out stream. Right? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> and that's kind of the, and I think Hunter's point was, was really great um, that you bring up the habitat and the habit dichotomy there. Your habitat of being a content creator is that you have to be out there all the time. Right. So you are ever present there because if you're not streaming, then you're keeping in touch on social media. If you're not on social media, you're designing merchandise for people that you can be in touch with you. Right. So that's essentially you are the goods. And it's, it's just it's a corny saying, but that's true. Right. Um, and that's why work life balance is so important, because as the goods, you have to maintain. You know, you have to make sure that everything is in working order, <laughs> that this is right. getting weirder and weirder but you, have you to don't make want to sure ship a right. weird broken product right yeah. essentially yeah. yeah completely agreed well and one big thing i think on work-life balance too is um figuring out what balance means for you um because you know i don't think balance is like 12 hours on 12 hours off it's balanced right <laughs> it's it's what keeps you fresh and i know i ha i have an uncle who's a very successful restaurateur and he and Loco work very similarly where they, at least from what I've observed with Loco, where they, they work insane hours for a long period of time on some project, they finish it and then they scale back dramatically. So for him, it's getting a new restaurant open where he's working 18 hours a day for a year and it's a half. All on. And then he goes and like takes a three month break where he's like checking in occasionally with his managers, but isn't there. But like, that balance wouldn't work for me. I would break mm -hmm. before that year and a half was done and that restaurant was up and running on its own and things like that. For, but for him, it works really well. And that's a matter of knowing yourself for that. Split. Yeah, exactly. So it's, like, it's, a, it's yeah. an interesting thing. Sorry, go on. I mean, no, I was just going to say because, you know, you're talking about like what my balance is and it's something that I'm learning about and trying to be better at. Like, I didn't realize like that that was how my work-life balance would be. I always thought... You know, as a streamer, I always took a day off every single day or every single week. I'd have one day off to decompress. Uh, well, it, it turned out that I wasn't decompressing on those days most of the time. I was just working that day off. Uh, yeah, so, off camera. Right. Like, and and, um, and then I would, you know, I get very into projects. I'm always coming up with new ideas uh, and I get very excited and very motivated and I just like I literally will just sit at my computer from morning until I go to bed at like 1 a.m. I'll wake up at like 8 and just work 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 all day and I love it and I love it I'm, and I wake up every morning and I'm excited and I'm like ready to do this and I'm so passionate and then there's just this period where I'm just like I like I'm not happy right now and I don't feel like doing anything yeah. and I, I it's and it's not even something that I recognize with my mood all the time but it's my energy like, I'll just be fatigued for no reason. I'll be like, I'm not hungry. I don't have an appetite. I don't, I, I just want to sleep or lay down and I don't have any energy to do anything. Uh, and I'm still trying to figure out work-life balance. You know, it's still a learning thing, but recognizing that I am going to be very motivated for this amount of time and I am going to expect to fall off for like a week or two afterwards is something that I'm trying to embrace and, and plan around to be better at. So do you have to capitalize on that? Do you do you have to, when you see the inspiration happening, do you do you feel like you have to jump on that and yes. use that as much as you can? Yes, 
that is the problem is that I'm like, I'm so motivated right now. Why wouldn't I do work? I right. want to. So why wouldn't right. I, why would I stop? Yeah. I mean, but that's fair. And, and part of that too is also just like, I mean, we said the knowing yourself, knowing your patterns of the long term, but even in a day, like for me, I'm really productive in the morning. And then two yeah. or three in the afternoon comes around and I'm really not achieving much unless I'm on a call like this, right? If yeah. I'm So if I have someone who's engaging with me and I'm talking with them and, and it's something like that. So I try and I, I try to schedule my calls in the afternoon because if it's with that other person, then I'm fine. And I'm keeping going and things like that. But if it's like, hey, Galen, write up that client case study that you were going to put on your website. Mm-hmm. I've had that on my calendar for the last couple of afternoons and haven't, you know, made much progress on it. Um, but then I'm also usually good again to do some work from like, you know, seven to 10. So like at night, right. Like Whereas second wind somewhere in there. To, exactly. Yeah. So like there's some days where my, yeah, there's some days where my wife has things that she does at night. She sings in a choir, that kind of thing. And when she's gone at those, a lot of times I'm sitting here working and gladly. And one thing I had to recognize from that is not only that that's when I'm more effective at doing work but that it also was okay that I was playing into the breach at 3 p.m. You know what I mean? Like if I wasn't going to be active and, and really like doing something great, that's the time I should pick to listen to, you know, I I have a couple podcasts I listen to that are all my industry, but I really love them. They're like, I enjoy listening to them. Maybe then at three, I go on a walk and listen to that podcast instead of just sitting at my desk and, and, you know, trying to grind through something or maybe that's the time where I load up into the breach and shout at bugs because they're destroying me but like I'm having fun doing it right as opposed to like trying to force it to be work time yeah which is, I think that's it's hard you can do when you're self-employed yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and I was going to say that I think all of you brought up great points is that there's no definitive answer of what work-life balance is right, mm-hmm. right. kind of like the I can't tell you that three hours on three hours off. That's work-life balance. It's whatever works for you. Um, you know, when you're out of balance, you know, when things are working, work in order. Um, and for, it also depends largely on your own situation also. Right. So if you're single, if, if you don't have a, a family that you need to kind of spend time with or anything else like that, you're able to put in more work now. And it, there's not necessarily anything wrong with putting in more work now, knowing that later on you might have to scale back. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. As long as you're doing it without burning yourself out. Yep. Right. And it's just it's understanding your own situation. And if your situation allows you to do more work while still, you know, maybe you can work for 40 hours a week and then you only need four hours of leisure time or anything like that to help you reset. Right. That's if that's all it requires, then that's still work life balance, even though it's 40 versus four. Um, on the other hand, if you have a family or anything else, you may only be able to put in like a good few four hours of solid work and then have to spend another few four hours taking care of your family mm-hmm. and spending time with them and whatnot. I think that's a, it's a, it's a very much a qualitative thing, not necessarily a quantitative thing. Yeah. What the balance is. So this is, this, there's a value assessment thing involved there, right? Like you, you have, you have shifting values at the different times. Like if you have family, obviously that should be an, an absolute priority. And that's part of the reason that you work the way that you do when you're not involved with them. So there's, there are several things at play all at once. How do you get, so we, in trying to make that scale and assessment, what 
kind of system should you, or is there even a system? Because we are we are all different. But but is, is it, what kind of system should we try to use to to determine the values that are important, the ones uh, to get some kind of a hierarchy and to learn how to prioritize them? Because you were talking about uh, you know us being the goods at a point. So obviously we have to have self care and the things that inspire and motivate us in order to be the best version that we can be when for me it's on, it's on on screen or interacting with other people at the same time as I have to feel motivated to get on the camera at the same time as I have to make sure that my health and wellness is there at the same time as I have to try to date people sometimes and hang out with friends in the real life and mm -hmm. you know I don't want one of those to suddenly take priority just because that's my emotional reaction in the moment as we've as you guys have seen a lot and a lot of people in the in the chat have seen when I feel motivated to work, it's hard to get me not to. It's hard to get me to go to sleep. It's hard to get me off the camera. But learning, and that's the, the, the subject here in the first place, learning how to make the assessment, how to prioritize and see where those value lie, values lie. Do you guys have some kind of a structure for that? For, for like what people could hear to go like, oh, that's how I should prioritize stuff or that's how yeah. I should consider my own valuation. So one of the things that I do with, clients um and i've been <laughs> with some of my newer clients i haven't done it yet because with tax time it was a rush to get just get things done yeah, before the deadline certainly. but a normal part of my process with new clients on the financial planning side is to walk through there's a couple different exercises um so background wise the industry that i'm in came from selling insurance came from selling investments but it's really moved to be much more um holistic and human focused. Uh, some people try and who are like long time in the industry try and like deride it as like, oh, we're not therapists. And it's like, mm, maybe we should be in a little bit of a way though, where we've started to recognize that, we've started to recognize that like the goal of money isn't necessarily just to amass the biggest pile, but actually to be the thing that allows you to do what you want. So as a part of that sort of evolution of my industry, there have been a lot more uh, studies that have shown like that have helped you sort of find different ways to do it as well as different like philosophies around they call it like life planning basically and there were a couple things that came out of those in terms of helping clients do this kind of figuring out some of it is just straight up like as sort of lame as it sounds questionnaires but it's the, the whole point of it is having people try and reflect on what would be valuable for them. And some of the ways that you do it, one that I really like is from a guy named George Kinder, who is a uh, big time into, he, he sort of started this movement called financial life planning, where one of his initial things that he does with clients is his big three questions. And it's, um, they, I can pull up the specifics on it, but it, there's one that's, what would you do if, you're, you know, you went into the doctor for a normal thing and they told you that you have five to 10 years left to live. You won't feel sick. You won't like know the specific day that you die. You'll be able to operate fully on your own. How does that make you, first of all, how does that make you feel? Second, what do you do in the time that you have left? what changes would you make in your life and how would you go about it? Um, and you give people time to reflect on that. You give them time to think through, okay, what would I change? And some of the nuggets that come out of that aren't necessarily, I mean, 
the specific things are very useful, but what you're also looking for a lot is themes. Is it spend more time with family? Is it something that they haven't done yet that they really wanted to start on, but it had always been like one of those future things, but now that they're forced to confront it now, they make it a little more, you know, imminent. Is it just, sometimes it's just things like seeing the world or writing a book or whatever. And that, and These those are, are really like, side roads into developing vision right yes exactly and, and and that's what it is i mean all of this is trying to help people like really focus um the other you know the, the next question once you've asked that one is and I, I missed the first one i jumped to number two because i couldn't remember off the top of my head the second one is that um you know same same situation walk into the doctor and you're told you've got 24 hours and then you ask yourself what what haven't you done that you wish you could have done? What's unfulfilled? What did you miss? What is disappointing you right now? And that is sort of the flip side of the one is one is much more geared towards what will you do? And one is much more geared towards what have you missed? And they both, as you said, they both get at the vision thing, but they get at it from different directions. And, and you know, expectation and joy can lead you down a different path than regret, but both give you insight. Um, mm -hmm. And that can be really helpful. And this is the kind of situation too, where sometimes you get crying and that's not something that I personally mind. I think it's like, can be a kind of healthy thing, but it's also something that I know like the people in my industry who are much more like just straight numbers oriented kind of shy away from. Um, so those right. two help at it. And then the third one is the one that you got as a student, you know, where the counselor was asking you questions, but it's just, Imagine you never have to worry about money again. Right. How do you live your life? Would you change anything? What would happen? Those kinds of stuff. So those I found help a lot because they help you get into some of the mentalities around this kind of thing. And then, you know, there are other questionnaires with similar ideas, but I like all of those for the, um, for some of this because it helps you get big themes. And then when you're making decisions about, your work-life balance or how you're going to structure your day, those kinds of things, you can refer back to those big themes. Not that they make every decision for you, but that they help guide you towards maybe a decision that will be long-term better for you. I think it's really easy to get bogged down in the, in the, in your everyday stuff, right? Yeah. Especially easily referenced here with the streaming. It's well, depending on the situation, it can feel really easy to just click the the start button and then you have you after thousands and thousands of hours of streaming, it's really easy to just flow with it and to just mm -hmm. go and you have that be your your daily thing. But in the absence of vision, what are you trying to do long term? You're gonna find yourself, and this is probably true of everybody doing anything, you're gonna find yourself 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, looking back, going like, what have I been doing this whole time? I haven't been building value. I don't feel like I've had a, an enriched life. But you, you have, I was talking about this the other day, you have like, you do actually have a time machine. And the time machine is called wisdom and perspective. You can look forward to 10 years from now, like exactly what you're talking about. Uh, and, and wonder and ask, like, what would that person, hopefully a better version of yourself, <laughs> look back and wish they had done? You can do that right now, right? You have the opportunity to start building that life that you want that future you to be living and look back without regret in the meantime. And I, I, I really like the idea of going in and building that vision early. I think one critical piece to add into what you were saying is 
literally writing it down mm-hmm. because a lot of us do this same thing where hearing your, you say those questions, we'll sit and we'll think about it for a split second. And then because it's the 21st century, we get distracted three seconds into it, mm-hmm. you know, and we're doing something else and there's another subject and there's another tweet and there's another stream and whatever, taking an actual timer and setting it for 10 minutes you know, and giving your, or, or, or three minutes per question, right. answer each one of those questions, write it, actually writing it down concretizes the ideas way more than just allowing it to float nebulously in your, in your head for a little bit. Yeah. Yep. And it, when, even when you're looking at it in a, in a short term, I feel like self-reflection is so important. Like trying to figure out what uh, the best balance is for you. Like, you know, everyone's like, well, how do I know? Like, well, think about it. Like, you know, look at your schedule and you know like how like what's your mood like what do you what do you feel like you're missing you know like and and what like look at your day-to-day and think about you know what are you spending too much time on what like i for me personally i feel like you know i get into these like little like zones sometimes where i'm just like spending way too much time on twitter and I'm not really getting yeah, anything yep. done. And I'll find myself like day daily, like sitting here at my computer, all of my work is up, but I'm just I have Twitter and I'm just scrolling and scrolling. I'm just sitting there and I'm yep. just like scrolling and then I and then I stop and then I and then I grab my phone and then I go on Twitter and then I'm like, what am I doing? I'm literally just sitting here. I do the same through. thing. Yep, like, I do the same thing you too. Have to, like, you gotta have that clarity and be like, okay, you know what? I'm not doing work right now, so I'm not going to pretend to do work. Let me just go relax. I'm clearly not going to get anything done. I'm, I've worked too much for the day. Let me just take a break instead of, like, you know, pretending to work. Mm-hmm. I like yep. that, pretending to work. That's a lot of what that is. Like, you feel like there's a justification in your head. You're like, oh, no, this is, you know, this is work-related. It's sort of like, uh, you know, those moments when you're trying to find any reason to have a tax write-off. You're like... Oh, this is a thing that's totally <laughs> not. It's really not. scrolling through Twitter over and over again. Yeah, there, are, there is some value there. There is like networking value. There's mm-hmm. responding to people who are engaging with your with your tweets, and that's part of what you want to do as a, as a content creator. But if you don't have that clearly defined, I'm always going to go back to vision. If you don't have your vision clearly defined, and then have subsets of that, like what does that what does that look like? What are the different modules for your vision for your mission, um, and and where are the distractions from those things. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not achieving this, why not? What, what am I doing that's drawing me away from it? And it takes a lot of time to do it. This is not a one day thing. You don't just sit down and do it today. You can start it today, but this it's is going to be a long-term <laughs> thing. What's distracting me from that vision? We have to have the vision first, then you have to spend the time self-reflecting. Like, Loco, that's, I, <laughs> it's nice to hear other people say the same thing. I don't have to feel, a personal shame that's just mine <laughs> it's, a joint, nice it's a joint shame it's context and yeah. perspective and that's something that i'm uh, that i'm also working on too because that's a distraction from what i really want mm-hmm. yeah well i think it's a yeah. oh sorry i was no, just gonna go say ahead, that Bill. i think it's it's very um i think it's really telling that you guys all describe these kind of things and and really the how gail and i started we knew that when we the first thing that we did on your brain your business when we were relaunching in 2018 when we we're coming up with the business hygiene theme was that we talked about our respective business philosophies, right? And um, when I know Hunter's a big fan talking about vision, um, if you want to put it in a different word or a different phrase, rather, 
really as a self-employed individual or as a small business, just talk about what your business plan is for your brand, right? Your business plan is your internal thing. And then what's your mission statement for your brand? Also, that's your external thing, right? So your mission statement is what do you want to do? Well, I want to create a, a community that is positive, that helps each other, that raises money for charity, whatever it is you want to do. I want to create a brand that, and your business plan might be, I want to create a brand that can help me to launch a, a career that's long lasting, either pivoting it into some part of other part of gaming or some other kind of content creation or, you know, any, anything that you want to do. All of that is very important. Like you said, you need to have a vision. You need to have, do that, like, is introspection a word? I don't even know if it's a word. Yeah, it need, is. Yeah, and you need to one. have that to, to make sure that you are, understand what your vision is in the first place, right? So, like, that's probably something you should have done from day one. Um, if you haven't done it from day one, that's okay. You can still do it from now. And make today just, your yeah. day one for that. Exactly, yep. So you, you kind of just take take some time away. I know, as you guys all mentioned, it's very easy to kind of get into the zone. Like, just because I'm, Loco's right. It's just because I'm sitting in front of my desk doesn't mean I'm actually working, right? My wife always says, you're just pretending, pretending to be busy, right? So, um, right. I think that's a so, lot of, a big problem a lot of content creators have is yeah. we get into this thing where we pretend to be busy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's that hygiene thing. I think that totally goes back to the first point that you brought up being the, the hygiene thing in this and being sanitary with your distinctions between your life and your work because it's, it blends so easily for us. I work out of a co-working space most of the time. Like when I have video calls with clients or when we're doing a show, I come back to my home desktop because it's where I've got my nice microphone and my better camera and you know all that kind of thing. Um, but I actually work out of a co-working space most of the time because it gets me away from my desk where I also play Banner Saga and Into the Breach and FTL mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's, or just will pop on YouTube and be like, hey, someone uploaded a video. Um, so that really, the, the physical separation is something that's important for me. Um, and it's something I didn't have at first, partially because business was new enough that I was avoiding any expense I could possibly avoid. Um, but it does, it does, two big things. First is it separates me from home and all of my distractions and my cats meowing at me and all that kind of stuff. And then two is it gets me out um, around other people, which for me is really important. Um, sure. My, I've said this before on, on Joel and my show, but my wife used to get a little annoyed with me because she would come home from a long day of work and I was working. It wasn't like I was just goofing off, but she was like the first person I seen that day essentially because i was just working from home and i'm someone who needs that kind of interaction a lot and so i just start chatting her ear off and she's like i would love to go sit and read for like half an hour first um and so that was one of the things that i learned about myself that i i always i have always known about myself that i really 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 like if i could design my ideal day it would basically be just talking with other people all day um i'm actually talking with them so like not talking to a screen i like talking at them <laughs> i like talking to well but you know what i mean like i would i would be terrible doing what um like philip defranco does with his youtube channel right where he's just talking to the screen i would i need that interaction um and i i knew that about myself but didn't realize how important it was until i actually had my wife tell me that I was being annoying. Um, 
and lovingly reasonably all these kinds of things but like galen you should get out more um which i think is true of a lot of streamers too you should get out more certainly um so that physical separation has been big for me and then the other thing that i've tried to do sort of what we've talked about with the vision piece with the reflection piece in which i tell all of my clients when it comes to the finance piece is you have to make time for it i have straight up told clients who are saying who have said i'm very busy right now that i First of all, believe them. Like, yeah, they're probably very busy. But second, they need to either make the time to meet with me or we should stop working together because there's, they shouldn't be paying me to do nothing. And, and you know, even if it's I'm doing nothing because they aren't meeting with me. Or secondarily, they should make the damn time to do it if it's something that they respect. If it's something that they want to accomplish and something that they respect as a useful thing, they need to make the time to do it. And so I set up time on my calendar for myself to do my accounting each week, which is not fun. It's very boring. (laughs) And I set up time to do some sort of like business reflection-y stuff because it helps me. So this ties into something else that that we wanted to talk about too, right? Which is uh, the time management and delegation. Mm -hmm. If we get into this weird problem uh, this weird situation regularly, this is huge for me, of being so busy that you don't make the time yeah. to delegate the duties that somebody else could do to make you less busy. So you find yourself so busy that you make yourself so busy that you can't be unbusyfied. It's just, it's this weird. So how do you, how do you, how do you think, what do you think a good approach is to developing good time management skills alongside the hygiene uh, time management skills and how does that tie into delegation? Like how should you try to work with other people? Like where do you look for that? What kind of time? What, what, what do you spend? Yeah, I mean, so, well, yeah, go for it. Okay, so for me, like and, and what I've learned by, you know, trial and error is I like to set lists. Making lists has been so helpful. Uh, I have lists for, for just like things I need to do today, like what I need to get done. Uh, it really helps me like not linger around trying to find out what to do because sometimes you just like you're like I know I have things to do but I don't know what to do so you're just sitting there and then you don't you get distracted and then you're not really getting anything done now you're wasting time so make a list uh and you know I have a list for what I need to do today what I need to do soon you know like this week or something uh and then I have a list for like more like long-term goals like know like the projects that I'm working on and now I'll do like some some like subheadings for the different steps to get that done Uh, and that's really helped me you know maintain my focus always know what I need to do and again not waste time also um, I, I would just say like that that awareness you know like if you're struggling with managing your time you need to start paying attention to how you're managing your time and, mm-hmm. and catch yourself. Like I said with the Twitter, like catch yourself making these like, like bad habits um, and try to just, you know, shift into a, a routine that's a little bit better. Yeah. I think Catching really yourself is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, because I, I always kind of think sometimes I, I go back through my day and I'm trying to think like, all right, so where did my 24 hours go to, right? So this is what time I started. What was I actually doing for these these hours? What was I doing for these minutes? And like, sometimes it's just like, well, I did get stuff done, but then I should have, what what I actually got done only took this long. What what 
what happened to the rest of the time, right? So mm -hmm. it's like that, like you said before, that nebulous, I was in front of my computer, but what was I actually doing, right? I had work up, but what was I actually doing? Um, I had, yeah, I had work up, yeah. but it wasn't exactly <laughs> yeah. It didn't move time. forward much. Yeah, so it's kind of like you, you do have to do a lot of that self-reflection that you had brought up. Um, I, sometimes I wish there was a way that I was like somebody was just big brothering me all the time and then they could say, hey, this is what you were actually doing from this hour to this hour. Yeah, that's called working for someone else, Joel. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Which, yeah, well, I mean, so, you know, sometimes sometimes having that structure is, is nice, right? But <laughs> that's true. And, and it's kind of content creators are at a double-edged sword where for for Galen and I, like we we sell services, right? So our, our we can just we have that separation where if we went to a different space to work at a different space, then you clearly have the separation between home and business, right? But then for a content creator, yeah, you're selling yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So not only do you have that small business separation you don't have you also don't have that you know personal versus business side like because you you have to put yourself out there what's what are you actually selling and then what's your personal stuff um that's where you, you kind of have a double-edged sword there or like the two negatives there where you don't have that structure There's so you have to overlap. be exactly you have to be extra diligent when it comes to figuring out um putting that structure into place right and mm -hmm. then the hunters to hunters question well how do you go ahead and do it when you're so busy already? You just kind of have to force yourself to do it. And sometimes you're going to have to say, no, I'm not going to take this extra long stream or no, I'm not going to take this, even this leisurely activity. Like, I'm just going to sit down and figure out what I need to get addressed first. Right. Start I think it's your... a better idea to carve it out of your, your, your stream time in that case. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, because clearly your business side is already, your, your leisurely side is already suffering enough. So you kind of need to take some right. time off. You of don't want to cut even more out of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of, you, you do that reflection. What's, what do you struggle with the most? We talked about this in the show. It's like, don't outsource your, don't work on your weaknesses necessarily if you can outsource them instead. Right. Otherwise yes. you're just going to have really strong. Right. I know I am absolutely terrible at organization. So what do I do? I try to make it as simple for me as possible. I use Google Calendar to, to figure out things in advance. Um, if it's something that like both my wife and I can do, then I'll put it, I'll actually create it on her calendar so she can remind me about it later. Right. Yeah. And so, um, like, and, it, and that's just kind of like, you, you, um, we had a very good episode about organization and we brought on somebody who uh, Galen and I both look up to a lot about organization. Her, she goes by Petrocat09. Um, so, and uh, to me, she is a, her day job, she's a part-time streamer also, but her day job was she was a project manager, right? So her job is all about organization. So we brought on, um, it, the VOD should be available on Streamer Square. So you should go ahead and check out that VOD. Cause I, she is fantastic. Of, you should mm -hmm. totally watch that. There, there yeah. was a lot of amazing advice on there. So basically for us, it's just kind of like, make it as fail proof as possible. So, and then, but like when my practice gets up to the point where, you know, I can hire on staff, first thing I'm going to do is hire an administrative assistant right? because I know that is not my strong suit. Um, yeah. yeah. And that is such a good point. Like I, I just really want to echo that because I feel like, you know, I see streamers, they try to, you know, they want to do stuff on YouTube. So then they try to learn video editing and now like you're like that's a lot to take on uh when you could as simple as just like making highlights and just doing that like you know you know youtube is definitely a, a really helpful thing to grow your brand but like how much time are you investing to learn how to video edit when a you could pay someone to do it and take a lot of time off your hands or b just get some free help from even like your mods or a friend to help you just Very true. cut highlights and, and stick to the basics 
you know, and you can get you gotta, creative like, with it. Right. Like you got to recognize like what what's like actually really helpful and what you're just sucking up time to do. That's like really not imperative. Something mm-hmm. something that I do, uh, I mean, we that we do on the on the channel is we have a eclipse contest every week. Right. So it's everybody who's you know watching the stream me doing stupid stuff or me doing fantastic stuff that's skillful rarely people will be capturing all these things right through through the clips now this is something that happens organically it's something that since twitch introduced it people have just done but we also have uh you know these independent motivators it's like you get a 20 dollars gift card be through the democratic the voting on what's uh, the best clip. So people will s- capture a bunch of these. They will submit them in a certain way. We have volunteers, gratefully, thankfully, who actually go through them and kind of rate them a little bit. And then we pick the best. Everybody votes on them. And then we get we get a, a, a winner. So people feel compelled and motivated to actually do this. It's something really fun to do uh, on, the, on the one side. And that is something that then generates highlights from the week. Mm-hmm. So there are tons of ways, in my opinion, tons of ways to get innovative, to get creative for solving some of these issues. You don't personally have to go through and find all the highlights. You don't have to, while you're playing, make note of the timestamp for when something happened. You can create an event. You can coordinate with your community or with mods, as you were saying, with other people in a way that makes it enjoyable and gets another job done for you. That's really fun. I really like the the creative approaches to it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, like delegation and organization are two important as or facets to work life balance. Vital. Like being able yeah. to like utilize those skills will really help you figure out, you know, how to manage your work life balance. I delegate to technology wherever I can. Sure. If you're on my website, fuckyourfinances.com for the record. <laughs> I'm, they told me to get better at promoting myself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can actually schedule a call with me from a link on my site that pulls from my calendar that I, I mean, I use Google's business account stuff. It pulls from my calendar there to show what times do I have open so that you can schedule them there. So I just have appointments show up on my calendar for people to talk with me. Or like if it's a client who has That's a schedule recurring meeting, I send them an email saying, click on this link to schedule something so that I don't have to go back and forth with you a bunch of times. When I use sign up, when I sign up clients with my planning software, I have them link their accounts to that planning software so that that way we don't have to every time I'm going to meet with them, which with some of them, it's, you know, every three months or more, depending on, on the schedule we're on. When I log in, their account information is all up to date. I get the up to date values on all the different things that they're working on. And that way I don't have to bug them for it or follow up with it myself or all those kinds of things. Um, and it's just way easier. It cuts out hours every week that I might spend on administrative tasks or might have to hire someone else to do. And instead I spend $96 a year for Calendly and like a hundred a month for my financial planning software. How would you go about looking for that stuff? Um, like so, for a lot of us who don't know, I mean, and that's, and that's everybody, like nobody knows what's available until you see right. or somebody tells you what's available. Like, how do you try and find the technology and the, the applications that you can utilize in order to make your incredibly valuable time more efficient and effective? I delegated that also <laughs> in oh. my case, specifically, 
Um, I am I'm an independent financial planning firm. It is just me in the business. I don't have a, like a broker dealer on the back end or anything like that. But there is a, uh, a basically like jumpstarting network. It's called the XY Planning Network, where they specialize in helping launch and maintain new firms that focus on younger clients, people in their 20s and 30s, which is what I do. And they have, I pay them $409 a month for access to it. And then I get all sorts of like tech discounts and things like that. But I also get like included access to a pre-selected tech stack all the way down the list of like CRM. So client relationship manager software, where I have all my notes and contact information and things like that. My scheduling app, my financial planning software, um, errors in emission insurance, which is the equivalent of malpractice if you're not a doctor, like a whole host of things like that, plus educational stuff. So I have outsourced it straight up. Like I I pay someone else to look at the whole world of firms like mine, which is a small world um, because most of people in my industry work with rich old people. Um, But they've looked at the firms like mine and said, here's the tech that works for them and you can pay us for access to that. It's easy for... Galen and I, because we work in kind of established industries, right? For mm-hmm. content creators who don't work in an established industry, that kind of stuff is more difficult to, to figure out like what's mm-hmm. worked out. What's So really, I think the best thing you could do is, in, in, if you can't delegate it, is, is talk to other people. For us, it was figuring out who we know that's good organization, talk to them. Even though they don't work in your industry, they might be able to point you in a direction that is mm-hmm. helps you to figure out a tool that would work. Um, a lot of it probably will have to be about you doing trial and error yourself, right? Um, but then at the same time, there's also stuff that you don't have to search specifically for organizational tools for content creators. You can just search for organizational tools, right? Stuff to yeah. help you do your time generally, do stuff to do help you to do your. Um, there's a lot of software out there that's kind of general enough. While it, it may not fit everything you need, it'll fit ninety percent of what you need or eighty percent of what you need, right? So, for example. Um, QuickBooks, right? QuickBooks mm-hmm. can help you with your accounting side on your in your business side stuff. So that'll help you. Basically, what you want to do and what Galen has done a good job of doing already. And what I actually what I try to learn from Galen is to develop as much automation as possible, right? Because if you if you work life balance, everybody has the same twenty four hours a day, right? You can't magically more make more time. So the only thing you can do is make your time more efficient, so it takes yeah. less time, right? So part of that is making tools that help you with automation so for me one thing i'm trying to do more trying to do better now is for time tracking right time tracking is an important thing for an attorney because that's how you build right so rather than me going back and saying okay i spent this long on an hour um or on a phone call with this person i spent this long working on a contract and finding software that does that automated time tracking for you right for a streamer that could be important because you figure out when are you actually streaming? So Twitch does, I think Twitch does a fairly good job of helping you with some part of it already, right? So they give you your stream analytics, they give you, there's other third party stuff like stream elements, whatever, that can help you with stream analytics. It'll tell you how much time you were online, how many chatters you had, all that kind of stuff, which can be good for your own business kind of introspection and analyzing to see what your strong points are, right? So you don't have to go ahead and kind of go back and see that yourself but for the off-camera stuff that's where i think a lot of the content creators could use the most help i completely agree yeah so how do you figure out the um work-life balance in the off-camera stuff that will be you have to kind of test it out right you have to see what systems work for you because i can tell you something that might work well for me but then if it doesn't work for you it's not going to do you any good 
Mm -hmm. right? And this is kind of the same thing. So for loco, lists work really well. That might not necessarily work for somebody else, but as long as you develop those tools, which are automation, and then systems, which are kind of like your habits that you can kind of like, it's, it's a habit of creating lists or something like that to help you to make your time more efficient. Yeah. And that way it works so that you don't have to do, you know, the same task over and over again. My wife always gets harps for me on this. Don't do the same work twice, right? So like, rather than, you know, I, this is a, a kind of a funny example, but like I used to have a really bad habit of, I would fold all my laundry, put it into a basket and then put it in my room and then just, then later on, I have to come back and take everything out of the basket and put it in the dresser. Why didn't I just fold it all and then put it in the dresser right away instead of kind of like cutting out the middle step, right? So yeah. don't do unnecessary work. Don't do the work, same work twice. Uh, if there's systems that you have or habits that you have, then just kind of set them up so that they, it's as efficient as possible. And then if you know something that you absolutely cannot do well, delegate it, outsource it, whether that's outsourcing and paying somebody to do it or whether that's asking people for help from your community or something like that. I think click to tweet is, is a really interesting thing, right? So for example, social media, if you always forget to do the um, social media stuff, just have a moderator or somebody else in your chat who is good at reminding you about that stuff, or even better, set up a command in your chat that every time that you're going live, your moderator knows just do exclamation mark Twitter, and then that'll pop up and people can just click to tweet. So you say you're going live. There's well, a lot of, um, I know there was one tool that people were using for kind of like to, to I think it's called if this, then that. It's, mm -hmm. it's basically a yeah. social, it's an app that you can set up. So if you post something on Instagram, it'll cross post directly to, to Twitch or to Twitter. I think that there's, and down. I, I think there's, I think it's also set up now that you can do it. If you go live on Twitch, it'll automatically tweet out on Twitter or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so th this is actually what I wanted to talk about. Uh, it's I F T T. If then yes. if I F T T T I F T T T. And yes. this is actually like something that I still need to figure out how to use more. And basically it's like syncs your different devices together and different apps together. So mm -hmm. like if you want to post something to, to Instagram, you can have use this app to post to Instagram and Twitter at the same time. And uh, there's a bunch of other integrations that they have uh, with different technology. Like it really, it ranges from everything. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a tool that I definitely need to figure out how to use more because it looks really <laughs> handy Yeah, and looks the one thing, efficiency. <laughs> yes. I think, I think that the one downside I had, cause I, I used to use that more often, but the one downside I saw to, if this, then that was that they usually, um, at least when it came to Instagram stuff, like, and, and the new, cause Instagram, you don't have a limit on what your character posts are, right? So you can just post mm, yeah. something and then the uh, caption yeah. would 10, be as long as you want. Yeah, end. and then <laughs> but on Twitter, like it kind of, if you did the if this and that, then sometimes it cut off the message or made the message weird on Twitter, Yeah. right? So I've definitely seen that before. Or like I've seen tags that are different from one platform to the other where it says yes. like, it'll say, you know, at loco25 in one place when it was changed on another platform or that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, oh. So there, there are some like still, but that's a very general tool, right? If this and then that, it's a very general tool that you need to customize to how it works mm. best for you. Sometimes it may not work the best, but then you can figure out like, so if it tweets when you go live, then that's great too, right? We, I, think the, uh, I think the automation and delegation is really important. Um, I, I mean, talk, talking about it, it as important uh, is, is, is accurate. 
But I think in the context, uh, I think the context is really important. This is, this is something that made a big difference for me when it came to delegation, which is its own human form of automation, right? It's like, yes, I'm yes. handing this to you so yep. that it gets done without me doing the thing. Um, as, and this was something that I started doing as a, as a painter. I was an artist before I started streaming. Uh, and more so now is, the, is, is understanding that in the context of, I am a creative person. I love, and this goes back to the, uh, you know, focus on your strengths and let something else take care of your weaknesses and counterbalance that. I know that I'm fantastic at brainstorming. I know that I have, uh, I can bring a lot of value to the table when it comes to uh, generating new ideas and, you know, refining others. And I'm, I'm, I'm big as an, as an idea guy and, and the follow through can be challenging when I get caught up in uh, having to micromanage and having to, to do all the little things because that's my weakness. I get bogged down in that, in that kind of stuff. Seeing that, looking at, at where you are actually powerful you can suddenly see the justification for why automation, why delegation. You have your strengths, let yourself thrive with those. Let those come right up to the fore. Bring those to bear on all the stuff that you're doing by virtue of allowing everything else to be done by something else. And I think that's a really, really important context for some people. Mm -hmm. And I think chat, people bring Chapper up a good point too. Um, as far as delegation goes, realize that if someone else is doing something for you, that's worth something, right? Oh, so yeah. Like time is money. You should, yeah, yeah. You should, you should pay people to to kind of take that work for you. And and part of the reason is that rather than you trying to figure out how to draw your own emote, right? Um, one, it's not going to look as good as a professional artist. Two, it's going to take you much longer than a professional artist. So rather than spending that ten hours to try to draw yourself pay someone the $50, use that 10 hours to stream, right? Do, use it to do actual more um, lucrative stuff for you, right? Yeah. So yeah. here's here's a hoping that you can raise that $50 within that 10 hours, or really you should be able to raise more than that $50. Uh, raise that $50 by going and driving for Uber for like four hours. Yeah. And right. if it so saves like, you 10 hours of time, that's worth it. Yeah. Well, yeah <laughs> so there, I mean, there is... <laughs> To, to like a third point is that like you you're investing it's an investment so you are spending x amount of money like let's say 25 dollars for an emote that emote maybe may earn you subs and that's going to pay for itself and that yeah, you just save right. time and now you've probably profited off that investment as well so time is money and recognizing like what's taking too much time what you should outsource for money and and like knowing how much you're worth for your time is very important. I think there's a lot of value value crossover here too. Uh, if you look at uh, anything, this is going to be a stupid example, but I think it gets the point across is, uh, okay, This that sounds really rude. I was going to use the exact same example that, that you just gave Galen. I don't mean that that example is stupid. The way that I'm going to phrase it is, is, seems really strange. So talking about the, or was it saying, talking about the emote thing, Yep. Uh, like you could spend time working on working on that emote or you could maybe spend the same amount of time, say, spend the same money's worth that you would earn in that same amount of time on getting it done. And when you're looking at it just like that, it seems like, well, you know, I could, you know, the three hours it takes to craft the emote or whatever, uh, you know, that's that's 50 bucks 
for that I would pay for that. Um, or if I took three hours away from my stream, that's 50 bucks I'm not earning, that value looks the same. But the difference is that when you're still streaming in that time, you're continuing your momentum. That streaming that you're building on stream, you're continuing to build the community, you're continuing to refine the skills that actually earn that money for your stream. Uh, you continue to have the presence online and all the value that comes from that, that is an intangible value that continues to build into the future. So the money to the hours, like that may look the same, but there's, there is greater value behind it. And that's something that, that really needs to come into perspective. So it, you can get way, you're, you're, you are paying way more than 50 bucks to take that time away from your stream to do an emote that you shouldn't be doing. Yes. Right, because you're, you're paying in momentum, you're paying in lost, lost revenue down the road. I straight up tell people who hire me, none of the information that, un, unlike Joel, where you have to have like pass the bar and be a lawyer to do certain things. Like I, I am a licensed professional, but none of the advice that I'm giving or things that I'm doing is something that you couldn't do on your own, right? Like you could actually do everything that I do for clients on your own. But for most people, it's a question of, do they have the time, interest and energy to do it? Some people don't have the time to do it and they're willing to pay to outsource it. Some people don't have the interest in doing it. It's so mind numbing for them. Even I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy putting together these kinds of plans for people, but it's very mind numbing for others. And some of them just don't have like, and this is related to time, but like, and this is actually related to both of those, the energy to do it of, I've used this example before. When we do taxes, my, you know, my household, what it is is I say, dearest wife, please give me the documents that you have that I need for us to do taxes. She's the one who has a, you know, regular job. So I need her W-2. I need like the confirmation that we have health insurance through her work. I need the form saying like the different things you put in different accounts, that kind of stuff. Um, but she, and I'm the one doing our taxes and I'm going to be deferring that. I'm going to be outsourcing that next year. But this past year I did our taxes and she still put it off because just the thought of having to do taxes, even though her part was literally just hand me documents or you know, like print them out and hand them to me was so stressful. So off putting that it didn't get done that we were, we had scheduled a time to do it. And then she scheduled something else to do it and sent me a text while I was busy saying, Hey, I scheduled something. And I just texted back like, great. Cause I hadn't, wasn't like cross referencing cause I was in a meeting um, to, to not get it done then. And it's just because it was so stressful for her. And some of the work that I do, people find to be that for themselves. And honestly, for a lot of things that I outsource, I also feel that way about it. Like I, I've, I've tried streaming like for fun. And um, after three hours, I realized that I'm not talking anymore because I'm exhausted. <laughs> of just yeah. talking to the screen for three hours, trying to be entertaining, exhausted. Um, if I try to draw an emote, I could spend however much time I wanted on it and it would end up looking like loco okay, but unironically. <laughs> How did I know you're gonna go there? <laughs> unironically. No, yeah. but I'm serious, unironically, right? Like that would be my best effort, not- Well, that was my best effort, so thank you. But the point of it is also to look like that. That wouldn't wouldn't be the point on mine. Um, so I like I said, I say that to clients, and this gets back to the work life balance of. For a lot of people, it is worth it to pay me so that they don't have to do it themselves, even though they're paying me usually between two and three thousand dollars a year. It's worth it, um, and that 
mindset. I, I try and use that as a selling point to clients for the work from the work-life balance side. And then I try and remember that myself on the other side of it. There is the same, the same argument to be made in multiple directions. Some of my clients, yeah. hell, some of my clients are making enough money that straight up on an hour spent basis, it makes sense. Like we were talking about before, like just straight up the math works for them. And then other clients, it's the math plus mental exhaustion plus putting it off and not actually doing it and not paying the time and respect that it needs. So that is really important to balance. And that's something that I'm still working on because I'm human and I think everyone's still working on these things all of the time. Um, but it's, I think it's a big sort of point from all of this. And again, even as a service professional with like a lot of education and experience in this specific thing, I can still distill it down to, you could probably do this on your own. So with all this time that you save by delegating and automating and utilizing resources that you are going to go out and discover today to handle it <laughs> for yourself, mm -hmm. uh, in your personal life, to go back to, we're going to live, live our lives in very different ways, but for this industry generally, in your personal life, where do you guys, and I probably this is going to be more directed to, to Loco, where do you think your best investments are to double dip with something that you're doing in your personal life that also very directly and evidently is going to show in your professional life too, since we, you know, we, we expose our, our, our sidescapes, our internal realms, our personalities, our identities to a community, to a crowd, to an audience. Where do we plug something in here that then in our personal lives that brings a lot of value there and also brings value in on stream or as content creators. Well, honestly, the beauty of being a content creator is pretty much everything can come back to creating content. Um, you know, going when you go and see a movie or you, you know, go hang out with friends or go on a vacation, now you have all the stuff that you get to bring back to your stream and talk about. Like, that's really cool, you know, and it yep. just may not be the reason that you went out to go do those things because you just needed a break, but now you just all of a sudden are energized. Like, first of all, you're energized and refreshed to come back to the stream because you got away from the stream. And now you have all these stories to bring back and stuff to talk about with your community. Um, you know, being able to, you know, I don't, I'm not a big picture taker because I prefer to just be in the moment and I don't just, I just don't even think about it. Um, but it, it doesn't hurt to every once in a while, like, you know, take a picture of where you are, what you're doing to, you know, generate content that way too. Um, it's something that, you know, I don't really stress about. Like if I have to take a picture with friends, I'm not going to be like, Oh God, like this is, I'm working. I don't want to do this. Like for me, it's just like, okay, like I'll snap a picture. Uh, so those are just like some small things, but yeah, pretty much everything, everything that you go and do outside the stream, you come back and now you have things to talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would agree with that. Especially, I think that's, you know, the flip side of you being the goods is that really anything that you put into the goods is going to be output, right? Some probably do more than others, right? So if I started learning a second language just for my own need, but I don't stream in that language, that's probably less of an input, right? But at the same time, that gives me insight into what I can talk about on chat, on stream. Maybe I want to start talking about my language learning or like just differences that I know that for me, I like languages because to me, it's a language is a big reflection of culture, right? So of that specific yeah. culture, then I could just kind of talk about, oh, this is what I noticed from this culture. And maybe if I 
then I was, let's say I was learning German, then I'm going to go and go play a game that has some German lore in it or something like that. Um, there, there's definitely, I think it's good to kind of try to keep in mind to do some double dipping, as you put it, but I would also caution you that sometimes you just want to disconnect and not think about how this is going to impact your own Twitch mm -hmm. because this, you just want it to be something solely for yourself, right? So, um, like, yeah, you could just Instagram every single meal that you had and then help it to boost your Instagram following and, and to get more content out there. But sometimes there's something to be said just to enjoy something by yourself. Have it, yeah. have it private. Have it as, as something that is reserved for you or you, well, see, and, your I think, yeah, or you and your partner. That exact point is where you're, is where you would, the, 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 where you would be allowing work to infiltrate your personal life. And you don't want that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to make sure that you're taking a photo of everything that your IRL streaming, everything that you yeah. do. I feel like eventually that's going to become toxic in your life. And that's going to destroy both yeah. where you are eventually every single person is going to want to detach one from the other. Both are going to feel like they're, they've been, they've been dragged down and you never want to, you never want to hit that point. Um, so I think what, for me, when I'm talking about double dipping, it's less the letting work infiltrate the private life thing and, and more like, um, you know, I like to talk about, uh, you know, self-improvement and motivation and rounding out your life. So the learning another language thing, you don't directly necessarily use that on stream, but talking about that as a part of your life suddenly becomes valuable. And then other people, you're giving context to them in the same way that I get it watching broadcasts and talking to other people. I get a context for like, well, motivation, inspiration. Like, oh, that does that actually sounds really cool. I've been thinking about doing that too for 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 French because I want to go back and uh, you know whatever have all these experiences there. It becomes an influence for other people. You get cultural context when you're going out and watching movies, when you're reading a lot of books. Uh, the educational stuff when it comes to like, you don't have to, uh, you know, stream yourself cooking to, or even take photos of it to get value that you can then bring back mm -hmm. because you're improving yourself and you are the goods. Yes. You are bringing happiness and joy to your own life. And that is always going to be reflected on stream yes. invariably. Yes. Well, I think that makes, that always makes it a, a worthwhile investment, even if you're not streaming it. Joel and I aren't the goods and at quite the same level of having to be on camera. Um, but we are in the sense that we're both knowledge workers, right? Like it, it's not, it, it's not, um, if, if we're feeling sharp, we're also probably doing better work. So for me, it's also things like going to the gym or mm -hmm. like making sure that I ate and that I didn't eat crap. Um, which I'm not great at the second one. Um, cause I really like eating. So then I just eat a lot and that ends up becoming, <laughs> uh, but, but the, the gym's been one that I've been working on a lot. And like, does it actually matter for me that I like, does it actually change anything for me professionally? If I'm in a bit better shape, probably not immediately. I'm not a model, right? Like it doesn't have a direct impact yet. on my ability to book <laughs> yet to book gigs, but it does the days that I go to the gym, I'm generally in a better mood and that's good for me. I bet you I'm much more likely if I'm talking to a prospect to do well on that call with them. If I'm in a good mood, if I'm enthusiastic engaged, as opposed to like, hey, I woke up half yeah. an hour ago and I haven't had my coffee yet, you know? And your metabolism increases and that potentially down the road, especially as you do that over several months, 
potentially gives you more energy in a call, more and more mm-hmm. energy to to handle uh, a an incidental higher workload at that on that day. Yep. For content yep. creators, that aspect is crucial. Like to be mm-hmm. happy, be in a good mood. Like you yeah. know, if you're a zombie or you're fatigued all the time, like you're not that interesting to watch, and your stream will yeah. for it. So, like taking that time, like you know, a lot of content creators feel bad taking days off or vacations or something. But like you know, like I mentioned before, like not only do you bring something back to talk about, but like your mood is going to be significantly better, and that's just gonna like you're going to make up for that. Yep. Yep. That's why I think this show today and what we do generally is really important because a lot of what we talk about is the intangibles. It's really easy for us to get caught up in the metrics, but you don't have any metrics for just a joy factor. Right. Over the long term, you may see an increase in viewership. You may see more people wanting to stick around, but you're not going to be able to directly tie that to you know, the fact that you worked out and now you've got a little bit of a glow when you get on stream and you've got a little bit of extra, you know, sass and a little (laughs) extra spring in your step. You can't really tie that directly to those things. So that makes it really challenging. I think hearing the perspectives in the context makes is, is really important. Yeah. Well, and like there, there are so many of those random intangible things that always happen in life. Did you meet, it's part of it's just like did you go to that that one conference and meet that one person because you happened to go to that one thing right like or did you happen to come across i've had opportunities pop up for clients where i'm not their i'm not their stream manager by any means i'm doing their finance and stuff like that but i've had times where i happen to be in a position where i heard an opportunity that i said oh i know this person that'd be perfect for right so there are there's definitely that luck factor but i think the more the more you're in a good place when you are like just going about your day to day, the more likely you are to catch those kinds of opportunities Exactly. because you're not in your own head worrying about something. You're, you're much more, you're in a much more receptive position, I guess I'd say to those kinds of opportunities. They don't just yep. have to be business opportunities either. They can be romantic opportunities. They can be opportunities to do a cool thing, whatever. Um, but I found that about myself for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's there really was a, point. Yeah, there's a there's a really stupid, um, like I had a counselor at school that, that, that had a, this really you know those those motivational posters like and this was Hang with, in there was with a, the kitten pretty much but this was this was just a poster of a basketball hoop and a basketball and then said you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take right yeah so and like to me that was like okay this is beyond cheesy or whatever but it's hard to deny the truth in that right? it was absolutely and, and I think, accurate I think yeah. it I think it's um especially for people who you know i work from home so a lot of my time is spent online and stuff like that so i can relate to streamers at least in this regard um you can it's amazing what technology allows you to do and that you can keep in touch with so many people but if you don't go outside there's absolutely a whole other world that you're going to miss out there and that's a hundred percent of all those outside shots let's just call them that that you're you're going to miss right so just going outside, taking a walk to the park or going to a bookstore or going to a game store or anything like that. There's no guarantee that you're going to meet a future viewer or future sub or a future connection that way. But there's also, I can guarantee you that by staying at home, you won't meet any future sub, future viewer, future connection outside. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and it's the same for, you don't even have to say going outside, just going to conventions then or going to events or going to local meetups or going to a local like a, a game store to kind That's of where I met other people are gaming. Nights, all right? three of you. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, a was good outside. Of, yeah. Yes. Not on, yeah. not online. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. A, a exactly good friend true. of mine yeah. who I now like go out and get drinks with, and we went to a local Hearthstone fireside gathering together. I met at the airport after landing in San Antonio on the way to pack South. And I met him because I happened to be rooming with someone who knew him. And so the two of them started talking and we got introduced and then realized we lived one town over from each other. It's like a weird, like chaos theory, like, right. Exactly. Like, so, you know, what are the odds of that happening? Low, but the fact that I was there was the thing that allowed it to happen. And now I have someone where I can combine work and personal stuff in a way in that he's involved in the gaming industry. And it's someone where like, I'm going out for drinks to have fun and hang out with someone but also now there's someone else and this is, I don't approach things as cynically, but now there's also someone else who like, if they happen to hear someone bitching about the fact that they don't know what to do with their money, you might be like, Oh, Hey, this guy actually works with streamers, right? Like there's always that opportunity. I mean, the um, thing is that the odds for that specific thing happening are really low, mm-hmm. but you create a statistical set where there's a ton of opportunities, which yep. one's going to happen? Like each one of them is independently low, but the more you're engaging with it broadly, one of those things is going to happen. You open up the the door for all for any one of the opportunities to walk through. If you leave the door shut, none of them do. Yeah, yep. it, it yep. definitely sounds counter counterintuitive, right? So like we're and to get back to hunters, basically, we're, let's just call this life outside of streaming, right? So. Life outside of streaming it has the potential to help you double dip, especially as a content creator or as a variety broadcaster, really, because all you are the goods, all of that helps you to, you know, let's just say refresh your goods, right? So it's restocking the shelves, if you were. Um, but not just that, but having a life outside of, um, it, it helps you establish that balance, but it also, there are these untold or unspoken opportunities that you never know what might happen mm-hmm. um, just by going outside or having a life outside of that business, because it's like that's what i meant by being being counterintuitive by actually having a meaningful life outside of your stream it'll allow you to stream better yes yeah yeah Yeah, invariably true um so we are going to get into q a here guys so if you guys have any questions about anything that we've covered at all on today's show about work-life balance this is your opportunity to post in the chat uh we do already have a question right off the bat uh, so we'll start with that. But yeah, if you guys have any questions at all, feel free. This is your chance. Lay them on us. Before we uh, close out today's show. So our first question is, what do you do when you're feeling burnt out and want to step away, but at the same time don't want to disappoint people? And I think streamers especially have this feeling of we owe our viewers like everything. Like we need to be on the stream. We, we feel bad if we take a day off. How, how do you... How do you take this time? Is is that is that me? You're the only one. <laughs> you're you're the uh, only other streamer I mean, here. I I I I can't tell if I'm great to answer that question or terrible to answer that question. <laughs> I don't care about disappointing anybody with that <laughs> stuff. I really don't. That's not that's not a sassy comical answer as funny as it actually is. I really don't care about disappointing anybody in that in that regard. Because I know that when I'm there, my commitment is total. My commitment is is true. It is I am pure as the driven snow. I am there and I am on board. And if I have to take some time off, uh, you know, if, if somebody wants to be disappointed, eh, maybe we're not a good fit. You know, it's uh, it's just like any relationship. It's you know, 
if you if the thing that I do is what drives you crazy, we might not be working out. On the other hand, for me, a lot of it is the when I feel like, oh, I need to be on all the time, like it's business factors that are that are driving that. It's the it's the momentum, it's the metrics, it's all of these things that are there. Because I I I have like I I, I think using the word pure again, like I have a really pure commitment to community and other individuals. Like that's the core reason why I chose this as a profession because I could be making considerably more money doing a thousand other things. Why this? Well, that's why. So I don't feel that same driving factor for being on is that I need to be there for those people all the time because when I am there, I'm fully there. You mm -hmm. know, that's why I'm not sure yeah. if I'm good to answer that one. No, that, that, that's well, like, honestly, that is what it should be. Like, you should not feel like you owe your viewers 24-7, your entire life, your soul, you know, sacrificing your health, your body, your, your, your mental health. Oh, yeah. Like, well, Loco, and, I gave you 150 bits. You owe this. <laughs> that dollar and 50 cents. I bought you. <laughs> I mean, but that is the right mindset that streamers should have. It's like, yeah, your viewers are going to be disappointed if you take a day off. But, like, that should not translate into guilt. That's, you know what, guys? Mm -hmm. I know you're upset, but I need this for me, for my health. And that, like, turns around and becomes beneficial for my content and my stream anyways. So, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, just streamers should not feel like they have to give up their soul for streaming. Yeah, yeah. A part mean, of let's it, put it this way. Um, Go on. Like, I, I'm hoping that this is typical of the average Twitch streamer, although I know there's definitely exceptions to this rule. I would hope that most Twitch streamers feel better about you missing a stream and then putting or miss taking the day off and then putting in a better stream the next day as opposed to you putting in two streams that are mediocre or, or subpar, right? To me, I'd rather see one day off and one good stream than two medium streams. I think um, a lot of viewers recognize that, especially if you have a close community. Uh, you do yeah. see, especially- But Lyric was complaining like, about that today. I, exactly. He does, he does regularly too, because there's a yeah. lot more people who respond with that way to Let's him. See. Yes, 28,000 yeah. people watching him right now. Yeah. So you're always going to disappoint someone when you bet somebody is going to be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that co comes down to, uh, you know, some viewers not being educated on what it really means to be a streamer. Like, you mm -hmm. know, well, we just yeah. sit here and play video games. But, you know, it's actually like uh, probably more of a commitment uh, and effort than a lot of other jobs it's it's it can be soul sucking like yeah oh yeah um, mm -hmm. not to be taken for granted but it, it it is not an easy thing to do and but I, yeah i think I'm most communities and most people value you know that yeah and and part of it too is just as someone mentioned in chat and i'd say too just setting the expectation of not just not showing up online one day but saying hey i need this time off you, you know, with with or without reason, right? You don't you aren't obligated to give a reason, but just hey, I need a day off, right? Like that that it's normal to have time off in most other jobs, right? Like if you're working for someone else, you get an allotment of paid time off. So like, yeah, you definitely I mean, need some of that. And even like OPG starting to do that, I know with the paid right, time yeah. off. And one of the things that I do with clients is help them figure out 
roughly the cost of a day off, not to discourage them from taking days off, but to help them price it so that they actually save up for that time off, right? And you see the value. And you can, right. So you, you can be like, okay, I know it's going to cost this much roughly. And there's all those intangibles that you don't know about with streaming in terms of what could happen. But still, I can accept this cost, right? But that preparation for it, I think, helps a bit. I think strangely, if you're looking, I, I don't, I don't, know exactly why it happens but entitlement's a word that's really easy to use if you're looking at it either in in several different regards if you're looking at streamers as product and or or as individual you should still want um it to be better you should still want them to to be better and to be and to be happy if you're looking at them as subject or object if you're looking at them as means or ends either way you should, you know, if I'm having my, my, my house painted and, you know, it's going to take them an extra three days to do the job well, or they can leave now and I'm going to be disappointed, which one am I going to take? Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully I'll take the, take the extra time to get to, to make me happier doing that. As a viewer, I feel like that's something that you should always want uh, is I, I want you to give me the best experience that you can. That's not you being there every time I want you to be there. Like I don't get to determine that. Uh, and, and I, and I really shouldn't because I want to be maximally satisfied. And that's not with you being online all the time. Hunter, I had a great time watching you eat bugs. You should do that on every stream. <laughs> no, I, I think that's, like, if we're talking about just the application of that, right? So I think, I think it's important to point out that, um, someone in the chat had mentioned it, having that like a regularly scheduled day off or regularly, it doesn't have to be a day off, regularly scheduled time off. Right. So make it that it's, whether you do a mini stream in the morning and then another stream in the evening and then yeah. the afternoons off or anything like that, just some sort of regularly scheduled off so that it becomes a known expectation to your viewers mm-hmm. and to your communities mm-hmm. that you don't that they shouldn't expect you online all the time, right? At the same, and then it's on top of that, then you are able to take those mental health days or sick days or whatever that you need to, knowing that you know that does hurt when consistency is probably one of the most um, largest factors of success on content creation, but then sometimes you just have to do it, right? And there's no right. there's no harm in taking it when it's absolutely necessary. And one thing that I, I think I mentioned this on the show in the past, but one thing that I'm trying to do more to help with this work-life balance is, um, you know, consistency is very important. So, you know, you taking a lot of random days off, like literally an, an hour before the stream starts, it does hurt, but um, you know, the start of your stream is way more important than the end of your stream. Like if people expect you at a certain time, like that is way more important than like whenever you decide to end, because that's usually not as consistent as when you start. So what I'm trying to do more is if I'm not feeling well or like mentally, physically, I'm just feeling off. I try to, uh, make it to the beginning of my stream, be on time and then just do like a half day, you know, just shorten your day. And, and take like the rest of the afternoon. And I have found that like to be really, really helpful uh, to just get those couple idea. of extra hours of just to decompress and stuff. So, you know, consistency is very important, but yeah, half days, try not to do that a little bit more often if I'm not at the top of my game that day. People think that you're sacrificing from your business as a streamer or whatever you're taking a personal sacrifice in order to grow the business when you take less time off, when you get up one hour earlier and go to bed one hour later, when all of these, all of those things, a big old list of all of those things. But 
you're hurting your business to not take time off. Oh yeah. And you cannot emphasize that enough. If what you really want is for that business to be successful, you need to take time off. You ha- you owe that to yourself, to your viewers, to your business to to take that time off. If you think you're doing yourself your business a favor by being on all the time and it's just rise and grind every day, that's a dramatic disservice. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Think about yeah. it this so, way. Manufacturing plants, they have three different shifts of, of workers, right? Unfortunately, you as the manufacturing plant can't have three different shifts. So you have to have your one shift <laughs> and then take the other two shifts off. Yeah. Right? Unless you're doing like weekend at Hunter's where like I'm behind Hunter using him as like puppet or something like that and streaming that way. I'd watch it. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. So our next chat, question chat is... Chat plays Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> um. Do you find perhaps in the beginning of your delegation to others or programs may have been harder as you are essentially putting your livelihood in someone else's hands? Oh yeah. Delegating is a lot of upfront work. It's so much like maybe there's so like with the scheduling software, it wasn't for me, it was not a lot of upfront work to get that done and it saves me a bunch of time. But for most of the things, especially if you're hiring someone new or like we're talking about with the emotes or a manager or something like that, it is so much work to save you time. It right. saves you time if you yeah. do it well, but it is so much work to save Unfortunately, you time. the more you do it, the better it becomes, the easier yeah. it becomes. So like yeah. the first couple of times you're doing it, it's like, oh, that's a pain. And like, you have to do all this extra stuff, but then it becomes a lot more fluid. And sometimes they get to help you work with other people in the future too, where you two have a good relationship and you know how it functions and how it works. And then you get to offload that onto somebody else and show them how you guys can work mm-hmm. together really well too. And that becomes yeah. really fluid. So just like dive in, do that work first see the results later and then utilize that, like leverage that into more relationships and more uh, functional functionality, more functionality. Yeah. And yeah, I think, I, like, mean, I think the question is also getting into, um, you know, how uh, letting go, right? So it, it, are you able to go hands off on something, especially in the beginning when, when it's um, when, when, well, this person put it, essentially putting your livelihood in someone else's hands. Mm-hmm. I think that's the perfect time to do it because if it's only going to get more that way, the, the longer you go on, right? Oh, so yeah. let's say you started building your stream and then you are seeing some some modicum of success, right? You're going to be even more apprehensive to delegate something at that point because you're saying, well, now I know how to do it. I don't want someone else to mess it up. Get in the habit of doing that early. If you really think that, if you're really worried about it being something that like you think is, is really essentially only outside of, you need to have it inside of your control, then maybe you need to evaluate what part of that needs to be essentially yours, right? So um, if I'm doing contract review or something like that, I know that I'm the one that needs to read the contract because I'm the one that has the the knowledge of what goes into it and what goes out. But what what can I delegate out of that? Well, if I'm taking notes on it, I can have someone else take the notes. I can have, I can if I'm drafting a memo about what I re- reviewed, I can just sh- like write down a quick outline and have someone else draft the memo. There's yeah. always something, some other part that can be delegated. Nothing is like kind of one and done in one whole piece, at, especially in content creation also. Well, and, and we and talked a lot about with the, sorry, go on, Loco. Oh, no, I just wanted to give an example that's like more specific, specifically mm-hmm. for streamers. Um, setting up your mod team is a great example of uh, something that's an initial, a large investment of time. Um, and then it's, that delegation becomes so critical to your stream day to day. Like the amount, like we have mod meetings every month. 
uh, setting up like you know what should they be banning, purging, the, the rules of the stream, what should they be enforcing, um, helping to plan events and stuff. That's something where it's like you're gonna spend a lot of time crafting your mod team, teaching them what to do. You know what do you want highlighted? Um, Expectation. Ex expectations, like the commitment that's required of them, just working with them, communicating with them. It takes a lot of initial investment, but then it's like they they help so much. Like they are like 50% of how the stream runs for me and, and the community. So um, that's just one example for, for content creation in yeah. uh, you know, specific. That's a great example because that's universal. Like that's not like not everybody has a manager. Everybody's got mods. Yep. Everybody's got mods. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, so I think we had one more question. Uh, what do you think the minimum amount should be for outsourcing anything? Uh, money per time, fixed amounts, etc. I don't, I mean, I don't have a hard and fast rule for that. Yeah, well, yeah I think in the I, very I, beginning, you'll have to understand that some of it is going to be, at the very beginning, if you're if you're thinking of taking streaming as as a like as a business, not just a hobby, right? Or even as a hobby sometimes too. But understand that some of it is just going to be upfront cost. It's just investment cost and startup cost. Right? There's no like, I could do this. I'm I'm only going to do it once I've hit this X income revenue or anything like that because that's when it'll make sense. It's the same way. You can't stream unless you have a computer. That computer is part of your startup cost. A lot of the same streaming stuff whether it's emotes whether it's overlays that stuff should branding that should all be considered part of your startup cost also especially if you're going to be doing it as a business right because you need to be starting you don't want to start with poor branding and then rebrand later on yeah um I'll, so to me there's not really like a minimum amount of you're earning this per hour or this is how much revenue you should taken in already um it's for some things that might be the case a video editor it may not make sense until you are actually have enough content to put it into a video or if you're seeing a return on that video. Um, but for other parts like emotes, artists, branding, that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, uh, I haven't made any money being a Twitch affiliate, but I paid someone to do my emotes. So that that's kind of like that. That's the way it is. It's just part of its startup cost and, and know that it's a something you have to do rather than um, uh, waiting for a certain period of time. It can just, be really challenging finding that value, yeah. like no, no, knowing, knowing where it is, like you, you can, especially having seen how confused a lot of, uh, it seems to be incredibly common, uh, people not understanding the value of another person's work. We see complaints about it all the time, and I've certainly experienced it quite a bit. Um, you, you, you see things with like, well, I'll give you exposure. That's, that's, a, that's a common conversation. Um, there is value in exposure. There is also value in the work that's done uh, economically. And where do you draw that line? That could be very challenging. Mm -hmm. um, maybe something we'll talk about in the future. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's definitely a great topic. But like, just if you're getting like two viewers a stream, you're not doing anyone a favor by offering exposure. Like, you're <laughs> right. gonna have to pay. Like, right. even like like someone like our size, like I pay for all of my stuff. Like, I'm not gonna be like, hey, like I'll promote you on stream. Like you gotta pay people mm -hmm. like exposure doesn't you know put food on the table but i can't anyways. pay my rent with it yeah <laughs> right i'll pay you 70 exposures for this house <laughs> yeah it and and in terms of how much the follow-up being how much do you think you should pay someone for to do stuff for you 
there's no one guideline again there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you could try and do a calculation based off of how much you earn per hour or something like that versus right. the expected time that you would spend on it, like we talked about a bit earlier. But Plus again, industry so rates, much, like it's a right. super vague. Right, exactly. I mean, I'm with, with what I'm charging for my services, I am charging dramatically less than most people in my industry. Why? Because I'm not working with retired millionaires. And so streamers can't afford to pay me as much as someone who is 70 years old with $3 million. Just straight up, they can't. Um, so part of it was, part of it is just knowing what you're aiming to do and aiming to accomplish. If it saved yourself some time, it might be worth paying. Oh, looks like we lost Joel. If it's oh, saving yourself okay. some time, it might be worth paying more than it might even cost you just because of what it frees you up to do, like we said. Right. Or if you're like me and you just really wanted to work with streamers because you spend your time on Twitch anyways and it would be fun and then you'd get to have TwitchCon be a business expense. Like, that's like, I, I made that choice so I charge less than I would otherwise because of what it allows me to do that has affective benefit that isn't just pure monetary benefit. That's well said. Um, all right, so that's actually going to wrap up the show, guys. Uh, we're going to do some social media shout outs. Let's start with uh, Joel. Where can we find you? Um, consistent branding. I finally have it. So I'm just Shane at Law on Twitter and on Twitch. Um, Instagram also, although all, the only thing you're going to find there is baby pictures. So <laughs> she is really cute. I mean, it's and that is worth it by itself. Worth it. That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I try to tweet stuff. Most of the stuff I tweet is probably just going to be, I retweet a lot of like uh, legal advice that I find out. Someone's I'll tweet out some of my own legal advice or, or just stuff that I think is related to content creation in general, or it's going to be food and baby pictures. So, okay. Nice. Galen? Uh, there are a couple places to find me. Uh, looks like Twitter link is uh, just popped up in, from the bot. Um, and as we already discussed, I'm on there more often than I should be. So if you, I do tweet out, I, I write an article on my blog, which is Pajama Pants Finance every week. Uh, it's not Pajama Pants Finance every week. Let me go with sentence structure. I write an article on my blog every week. The blog is Pajama Pants Finance. I do tend to tweet about that, but I also just enjoy talking with people on Twitter and finding interesting things there um, and retweeting things from my industry that I think are relevant to streaming that probably none of you guys would see because you aren't following those people that I'm following. Um, my actual like business website is buffyourfinances.com. I, for the first time this past month, had someone actually reference the name of my business when reaching out to me where I was like, yes, because let me tell you, I agonized over what the hell to call this thing forever because I didn't want it to just be Galen Herbst at Cortina Financial. I was like, you know what? Box works great. It's a term that people use, blah, 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 blah. And then didn't hear a word about it. And I finally had someone be like, nice. I'm looking forward to buffing my finances. Like, Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and you so, guys. Moral victory. Over here, right? What? What's, yes, what's, yes. What's that all about? We have a show on Sundays, and we will have one this Sunday at uh, what? 3, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. It's called Your Brand, Your Business, because as you can't tell, or if you can't tell already from the talk today, your business is, your brand is your business. You are a you are the goods as a small business content creator. So, and that's right here on this channel. 
That's yes, right here yeah. on this channel. Yeah. So you have no excuse saying I can't find it because <laughs> yeah. you know you're here already. So, so if you guys like the like the content on the show and you want to know more about like the business aspect of streaming, like organization, work-life balance, etc., uh, follow this channel and catch these guys on Sundays at about 3 p.m. Eastern time usually. Uh, let them do and, that work for you again your time is yeah. valuable they're already doing all of that work <laughs> learn from them take, they're take that away you, honestly like day. hundreds of dollars of free advice absolutely like, with their time talk free. about value non-specific non advice non-personalized non advice, advice. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, just around cya disclaimer yeah uh you can find me on twitter at the Hunter Wild TV on Instagram at the Hunter Wild. I managed to get it without the TV over there. Ooh. And uh, of course, uh, right here on Twitch at the, the what is it? Twitch.tv slash the Hunter Wild. I know that one. I've got that one now. <laughs> of course, like uh, every, one every Monday on the show right here where I'm, I'm always just immensely overjoyed uh, to be taking notes the entire time as I learn and sometimes talk. It's a beautiful experience. <laughs> Uh, last but not least, you can find me on twitch.tv slash loco, uh, currently playing God of War right now, which I am in love yeah. with. And uh, you can find me at twitter.com slash loco2525. And check out our website, guys, streamersquare.com, if you guys want more written guides. We have video content over on YouTube, and we have a Discord server where we chat about streaming. You can ask questions, get help, you know, find graphic artists, talk to us, come ask questions. So come over to the Discord and uh, hang out with us. And yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll probably post our guest uh, this week upcoming uh, with our topic because we're not confirmed yet. But we will be back next week, guys. Uh, so thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for tuning in. We really appreciate it. We hope that you have found this episode helpful as uh, we continue to figure out what exactly work-life balance means for, for content <laughs> creators. Continually. It is an ever-changing learning experience so hopefully we were able to give a little bit of insight from tips and tricks that we've learned and we'll see you next week mondays at 5 p.m have a wonderful rest of your week guys we'll see you guys soon we love you guys take care